I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Today, we're going to be hearing the first of what is going to be a collection of stories throughout the month of November. I know it's not really November, but we're close. And throughout the next month, we're going to be celebrating what God does. We're going to be celebrating God's faithfulness. We're going to be celebrating what takes place when God's people pray. And over the next several weeks, you're going to be hearing stories testimonies of how God has shown up and done the impossible. And, and really at the basis of this series is going to be what we find here in he Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the faith chapter. And, and so if you want to do some good preparation for where we're going over the next few weeks, just spend some time this week reading and rereading through Hebrews 11. It's, it's called, it's called the, the, uh, the hall of, not hall of fame, the hall of faith, the biblical hall of faith. And, and over and over, you're going to see this phrase, by faith, this person did this. By faith, this person did this. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. The, the whole chapter is about faith. And at the heart of this is, is this interesting phrase that we find it in verse 6, Hebrews 11, where we read, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so it's presented in the negative, but it also means that the positive is true. If it's impossible to please him without faith, it means that it is possible to please him with faith. So real quick, I got to do a little audience participation. How many of you this morning believe that God exists? Let me see your hand. All right. Okay, good. We're good. off to a good start. How many of you believe that God rewards those who diligently seek him? Okay, some hand, like we dropped a few right there, like, ah, hey, that's right, I get it, I get it. So last week we finished uh, the, the, the message. We looked at Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, now to him who's able to do abundantly more than we, uh, far more abundantly than what we ask or think, to him be the glory. And we talked about the importance of praying one more prayer. And so before I bring up our special guest this morning, can I just share a prayer that was answered in my family this week? I have a cousin who's one year older than me that for 47 years has run from the Lord. His dad was a pastor. His dad passed away. And as he passed away, he was praying for his son to be saved and never got to see it. Every single day, his mother has prayed for him to be saved. It's been time after time after time. He's run. But yet, this week, actually this past week on a Thursday night, they were driving past a church that was having a revival. My cousin told his wife, said, let's just drop in there and see what's going on. And that night, God got a hold of his heart, absolutely transformed him, saved him. He called his mom and his mom is blown away. And she had no idea that morning when she woke up and she prayed one more prayer, that today was going to be the day that God answered that prayer. We don't know when God's gonna show up. We just know that he can. We know that he's able. And what we're praying is that our wills align with his and we're just gonna keep praying until he tells us to stop or until he shows off. And so I just can't wait to see what God has in store because this morning, it is an incredible privilege to, to bring some dear friends of mine all the way. They have come literally to Idaho all the way from Kenya. They got here Friday night. Two weeks ago, we were worshiping God in, in Kenya. Now, it's great to have Wallace and Mary, and they're going to come and share. Would you welcome Wallace and Mary Kamau, the founders and directors of Missions of Hope International. 
Well, what we're going to do this morning, it's going to be a little bit different for those of you that attend. I feel like I say that every week. It's going to be a little bit different today. So like, just you'll figure it out. So maybe it's not different because we're doing something different. But anyway, um, I, I want us to begin this whole, this whole season of, of, of celebrating God's faithfulness through stories and testimonies. But I, I want you to hear what God's been doing. Several years ago, God allowed us to be part of this ministry, but, but Wallace and Mary have a unique, uh, a, a unique account. They've been there from the very beginning. And, and Mary, I want you to share a little bit about your background and, and how God began to birth this vision and passion for what is taking place in the slums of, of Kenya. Would you share? I was born and brought up in central Kenya, about three hours drive from the city of Nairobi. And I was born in a polygamous family. My dad had two wives. And I'm the seventh born of a total of 20 children. And so, growing up, I thought I was one of the most disadvantaged people in the whole world because we didn't have much resources in our family. And so, I desired to work hard in school, go to university, get a good job, hopefully in a bank, and work with money and not be poor. That was my goal <laughs> growing up. And so by God's grace, I made it to Kenyatta University. And as a first year student, I accepted Jesus as my personal savior. And then I joined a group that would go to different communities to evangelize. And uh, during one of those times, I met somebody who had been born and brought up in the slums of Nairobi, Madarevari slums. He told me about what his life was like growing up in the slums. He described the slums to me. I had never, never heard about the slums. I had never been to the slums before. And I was shocked to hear that there was such a place that existed. And within my heart, I felt a nudge to want to go and see these slums for myself. And so one Saturday morning, my friend took me there. And that was the turning point of my life. I had never seen poverty in that manner. For the first time, I felt so blessed. I wondered why I had complained all my life. <laughs> I appreciated my family. And then I started wondering and asking myself why the government of Kenya would allow people to live like that. Why there were no Christians that were doing something to help the people of Madarevari slums, and especially the children. What shocked me is how I saw so many children malnourished, walking around uh, uh, barefooted uh, over open sewage, uh, a lot of people drunk, living in these dark shanties uh, that are made of rusted tin and sticks with holes everywhere. And I wondered, you know, what can be done? And as I went back to college and the, the images of the children, the people, and what I had seen in these slums could not leave my mind and my heart. And so I wondered, what can I do? And the following Saturday, I found myself going back and I have never stopped. That's how I started working wow. in this community. I would go reach out to a few children, use the little bit of money that I had to buy snacks or fruit for the children. I would teach them Bible stories, memory verses, Christian songs, and that's how my ministry started. 
And then later on, I met my husband, Wallace, in a prayer meeting. And uh, by God's grace, uh, the story is long, but we can't go into all the details. We later got married, and after we had two children, in the year 2000, we started our first school, uh, Missions of Hope, uh, and with, we started with 50 children. And God has just been amazing to us. <laughs> Okay, so, so you started with 50 children. So Wallace, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, when you met her, first of all, you met her at a prayer meeting. It, showed, it pays to show up at a prayer meeting. I'm just telling you right now, like, you know what's going to happen at a prayer meeting. But, but, but so, so Wallace, you met her. You, you quickly found out she was passionate about this. You got to see it for yourself. You know, when, when God began to lay it on your heart, uh, for, for you, you know, how, how did God begin to confirm that this was what he was calling the two of you to? And, and how did, I mean, how did you even support this when you started? Uh, you know, as she said, I was in a different university. And okay. uh, our story was so similar in that uh, we used to go out for missions. And mm. so I used to go to Madarevari and uh, we used to do something that we called hit and run. Just go and evangelize, go back to college and hope somebody would follow up with those people. Mm -hmm. And um, as I finished college, I went back there and I was an assistant pastor okay. uh, in that community. And by then, you know, we were, we were married. And um, I was able to see that uh, the most effective ministry, you know, in such a vulnerable area was where you do church, but at the same time get involved in people's lives, mm. in meeting their needs. And yeah. so gradually, you know, they would see the power of God at work, you know, in their lives. And that is what has been happening. And so when uh, she came here, and, uh, and I believe she will tell of how she got an opportunity to come to the States. Mm -hmm. uh, and as God spoke to us about starting uh, the school, yeah. I mean, I was, I was ready for it. Yes. It was scary, you know, because it was a faith venture. We didn't have money uh, other than, you know, what I was earning. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we had seen enough of God's faithfulness yes. to take that, that step of faith and believe yes. that uh, he was going to work together with us. Wow. Okay, so if I understand this correctly, Marion uh, Wallace, there, there were 50, when you started in 2000, there were 50 students. They were like ages four to six. I think I've heard you say that. So ages four to six. So Mary, I do want to hear what the, the, the story of how God led you, you were here in the U.S., and, and how God started to provide. Yeah, so of course, um, you know, I, as I was volunteering, connecting to local churches in the slums, and doing different things with them, and evangelizing, and reaching out to these kids, by God's grace, I met somebody who helped me get an opportunity to go to Bloomfield College in New Jersey, and attend uh, a child development associates program for one school year. So I left Wallace with our two kids back in Kenya. It was a scary thing. And uh, I came to the US and then while in the US is when God made it clear that he wanted us to start a ministry, start a school, whereby the children would give us an entry point to the families, build positive relationships with these families, give us an opportunity to empower them and to evangelize to them and invite them to the local church and then be able to actually do ministry among these people and reach out to the whole community. So that's how that's God how, started. That's how it started. Yeah. Okay, so, so Wallace, I know when you, when you started, uh, there's, 
you know, you started, you have 50 kids. Can you kind of share how God began to lead? Because you had to start small, but how, how did God begin to provide even place to hold all the students? Because it didn't stay at 50 students, right? I mean, it went from what, 50 students to what was it, to 100 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, what, what, what? Uh, yeah we started with the 50 children, and okay. I still remember when she came back from the U.S. after yeah. finishing college. You know, that was May of uh, 2000. Okay. And in June, we started preparation, you know, uh, and we were just using whatever God was providing to us. And September, that is when we start, we opened the doors and had the 50 children. And it was right after that, after we had started, that uh, a church that she faithfully attended while she was in New Jersey, okay. you know, wrote back and said, we want to walk alongside you as you do this ministry. Okay. And so, I mean, it was a testimony of God's faithfulness and an affirmation that uh, he was together with us. Yeah. And so we started and uh, this church remained faithful all the way through to 2009, mm. supporting 50 children. They never increased but the numbers kept increasing. Every time she would go to the village, she would just come with new kids. And, and the ministry kept growing. And, uh, uh, and, you know, it's been a testimony of God's faithfulness. Yes, yeah. So, so, how, so I mean, kind of share the story how God began to provide. Because, I mean, 50 students, you keep bringing people back. I know how you are, Mary. You're a good recruiter. They just keep showing up. They can't all fit in the same place. How, how did God well, begin to provide? So, so my husband, he's a CPA, so he had a good job, and uh, he was supporting the ministry, and then this church also gave the support for 50 kids. But of course, it reached a point when the numbers kept increasing and increasing, and so we started spending his salary in advance. And you know how that goes. You get a credit card, and that's what you use. And uh, until it, was, it became so overwhelming, and I remember in 2003, October, I kind of was like, wow, maybe I should stop doing what I'm doing and go find a job and help provide. But God sent somebody who came and visited us mm -hmm for the first time, and this person uh, told us, don't, don't give up, you are doing the right thing. God is going to raise an army, an army of people that are going to be supportive to this ministry. You won't even get to know all their names because there'll be so many. And by this time, we, we were hardly making it, and yet the needs in the community were so overwhelming. And so we trusted God, we believed God, we believed that word, and we kept going. And two years later, God opened the door and we were able to start a child sponsorship program that now has helped us to be able to increase from the one school with 50 children that we started with. Today, we, are, we have 32 schools and we have 24,670 students wow. in those schools. That is amazing. You know, Wallace, one of the things that really stood out to me when, we, when I was first there in 2019, you talked about what you call community health evangelism. And, and, and church, what, what is so powerful is that what's taking place, man, Christian education, education is a powerful thing, and I'm thankful for that. But, but I want you to share how God began to call you to, to be part of something that was even bigger than just providing education. 
literally a means of transforming a community. Can you, can you talk about uh, CHE and, and what, that's, what that means? Yeah, CHE stands for Community Health Evangelism, and it's a holistic um, strategy of doing ministry where you not only meet the spiritual needs of the people, but you also meet their physical needs. And um, what happened is that as the numbers of the children increased and we didn't have more resources, we were stretched. And that is when we got to know through a friend of hers uh, of this strategy whereby yeah. you go into a community and educate them about health. And uh, the meaning of health, according to that strategy, is that you be in harmony with God, you be in harmony with yourself, you be in harmony with your neighbor, and be in harmony with the environment. And based on those four pillars, uh, you, uh, there, there are lessons that are derived, and they are all derived from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And as you teach the community, the community responds by taking initiative to use the resources that they have available because they are made aware of the fact that despite of their poverty, they have resources that they can be able to use. And as they take initiatives, you come alongside them. And that's exactly what happened as we went into this community and introduced this strategy. They embraced it. And I believe it is because of the impact they had seen in their children yes. through the work that we were doing. Yes. And um, out of, you know, those initiatives, uh, we now have microfinance, which started with uh, just $300 of our own money that we just gave and told them, save into this fund and you can be able to borrow and start businesses. Now, that $300, through God's faithfulness, and people just coming, well, we just giving to that fund, now we have over $2 million U.S. dollars uh, worth of loans that have been given out uh, to community members who have started businesses, you know, from just a, a one-man business, now they are able to employ people, and it still continues to grow. We have uh, skills training programs. As a matter of fact, we have an equivalent of a community college where not only community members, but even our children that are graduating from high school are able to go there and are equipped with skills. We have a health program that resulted from the same. We have, so we have several clinics in our centers. And, uh, and it's, it still continues to grow. And at the same time, we are doing church planting. And so it is such an effective, holistic ministry mode, I mean, strategy. It's, it's amazing. It, it is amazing. If you could see firsthand, they, you know, I, I love what you do. You have social workers that are assigned to each family, and we got to walk with the social workers through the slums. We were invited to pray in, in, the, in many different homes. In fact, we couldn't get to all of the homes. They kept on inviting us in, but I, I got to pray in the, the home of a Muslim family. And, and they they asked the question, uh, and I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, uh, can you tell us more about this God in whose name you come? And I'm like, that is a powerful thing. And what God has done, and, and you know, through that, we, we've got to walk through the skills training center and see, man, parents that are there in the slums that, that had no education, no skill, learning plumbing. We were in, a, I, I got to sit in an electrician class. I learned a few things. Like, I mean, this was great. Uh, my wife still won't let me work on the electrical at home. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it was just a phenomenal thing to see what, what God was doing there. And I, I love the fact that it's, it's not just the education, but it's, it's, God is using Mohi to hit so many things. And I would just say this real quick, because I forgot to say this uh, in, in the other service. 
the website Mohi Africa, it's M-O-H-I Africa dot O-R-G. They have all kinds of stories of people whose lives have been changed because of what you're talking about, the microfinancing and, and how God's used that to even bring them to faith. It is so, so amazing. And so, you know, I, you know we, we showed up. So I, what, what did you say? There are 24, 25, almost 25,000 students. So yes. how, how many teachers do you have, would you guess? So um, we always say how the first time we started, we could only work with volunteer staff. We couldn't afford to hire people. But today, we have over 1,500 staff members on our payroll wow. to be able to take care of 24,670 students in 32 schools and 34 church plants. And all this is just God that has blessed the ministry, has kept multiplying it over the last 22 years. Somebody asked me last week, they said, where do you find all your teachers? Wow. So in Kenya... Uh, there are many teachers training colleges, universities as well, but not everybody that goes through these trainings is able to get a job immediately. And uh, so you find that there are so many people who, who make applications to work with missions of hope schools. Some of them are referred by their friends who already work with us or family members. And so I was telling Pastor Keith that we normally have, the same way we have a waiting list for students, for children who want to come and join our schools, we also have a waiting list for teachers who want to come and teach in our schools. And it is just God's providence. Oh man, I, I love that. That is, yeah. that is so cool. Well, we... Uh, I showed up in 2019, Pastor Jason and I were there, and I shared the story. In fact, just out of curiosity, how many of you were here last week when I shared? Okay, so several of you weren't here. Just, I'm not going to retell the story, but last week, if you go to youtube.com slash Idaho Grace, you'll hear the story of how God led us there, and and so Pastor Jason and I showed up. We were, we were there, and on a particular day, we were visiting a school and somebody had told you that there was uh, land for sale while we were there. And so you asked if we could stop by and see the land. And uh, do you remember what happened when we... <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's another God story. So um, when, when people like Pastor Keith come, we normally will take them and show them different schools, different communities. And so we went out to this place, which is actually in the Great Lift Valley. Uh, uh, Nakuru County in an area called Molo and we had a school there and but we had this community called Casino uh, and the the name Casino is just because of the a lot of stuff that was happening there in this community a lot of prostitution child abuse crime alcoholism and all kinds of bad stuff and so we would have kids walk from this casino community and they would walk all the way, more than three miles to our school. And so our social worker told me that there was somebody who was selling a plot of land, like 50 by 100 piece of land uh, close to this community called Casino. And the idea was that if we could buy it, then we build a few classrooms. Then the younger children, like age four, don't have to walk all the way to come to our, to our school. And so when we took Pastor Keith and Jason out to see this school, 
uh, and the social worker told me, I requested them to come with me to go and pray over this plot of land. That time it was 50 by 100 that we were praying about. And uh, we went there and we held hands together and we prayed. And after, as Pastor Keith was praying, God spoke to him that a school needed to be started there, like a full school. And the same God spoke also to Jason. <laughs> and so immediately after we said amen, they both shared what God had laid on their hearts. And so we were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, the, to cut the long story short, we ended up starting a school in that community. Instead of the school being called Missions of Hope Casino, I mean, you can't call a school Hope and then Casino at the same time. <laughs> so when we came here, we talked and we changed the name to Coramdio. And so it's called Missions of Hope Coramdio. And uh, this school, from having nothing, we now have a school with 414 students. And lives are being transformed every day. Yes. That place has totally changed. People are hopeful. Instead of people being angry, people are smiling and they are happy and they are hopeful. And we thank God for what he's doing. Oh, praise God. And it's just that step of faith that yes. we took from that day we prayed there to what it is today and a lot more is going to happen. Greater things are yet to be done. I believe. They, they hear me say all the, all the time, the best is yet to come. And I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. And that picture right there, we actually took the picture right after the prayer because Jason and I felt so strongly. We said, we want to commemorate this moment by taking a picture. And I am so glad. I usually don't remember anything. I'm glad we did that because that well, actually, I showed up. In fact, I think we got a short video while it's playing. I just want to tell you that we showed up. This was the group that, that met us at Molo, and then we made our way over to other, the other place. They were singing, presented us with roses. It was amazing. That girl was my escort. She took me all the way in. She brought me a rose, walked me, walked me in. It was an unbelievable moment. Thank God somebody else got the video because my eyes were so filled with tears of seeing firsthand a miracle. And as they, as they took us in, we, we couldn't see what was going on. And we, they grabbed our hands and they took us around a corner. When we rounded the corner, we saw 440 students that are there because of, man, what God laid on our hearts. And, and it was just this overwhelming, uh, just affirmation of, of, I've got you. There's something about faith. Just step out and do this and let's see what God will do. One of the most powerful things was when a parent had the mic and he said, because Grace Bible Church came from America to start this school, my children have hope. And, and I'm telling you, what, what you say, Mary, is true. It feels totally different there. Even the atmosphere, God has transformed an, a, a whole neighborhood because of a school. And I'm so thankful for your faithfulness, what you guys have done. It's just amazing what God's done there. And so, yeah, that's right. Go ahead and give God praise. Give God praise. And so we, we, before we left, we planted a tree uh, just to commemorate the day, and I can't wait to go back because as that tree grows, I'm convinced that the ministry is going to continue to grow. But another thing that, that Mary said, she said, before, she said before 
we leave, she said, I want us to go back to the place where God showed up. She says, sometimes you need to go back to where God answered prayer. And we went right back to the place where in 2019 we had prayed and God had, God literally not just just said, I want you to do this. He made this possible through the generosity of grace. And we prayed again, and Pastor Tony's leading in prayer there, and I still remember as, as Tony prayed, God, we've seen you do a miracle before. You know the needs of this school, and we believe that you're going to miraculously provide again. And we left there not knowing what was going on, and so here's the deal. If you were here last week, you heard about me losing my passport, or or. God hiding my passport. <laughs> Mary, I want, I want, they heard my side. I want you to share a, your, your take of what was happening right after we had prayed. So, um, so, so after we prayed, um, somebody came up and told us that, hey, there is, a, there is somebody who is selling 10 acres of land. It has a, a, a building that can be used for a school and it is available and and can you, can you go and see it? And so then I talked to the team leader that was leading the, our visitors, and his name is Dick, and Dick said, oh, you guys can go, but don't tell Pastor Keith about it. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I was like, oh, okay. Then that's when I learned that he didn't have his passport. And we, I told him to try and find it, like in his suitcase. <laughs> And, of course, I saw that he wasn't really looking very well. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell him that, you know, because I was like, well, if I say something, then everybody will think that uh, I'm bad-mannered, you know, because I'm looking in, in a pastor's suitcase. But anyway, God, God was just working miraculously because this lad that we had been told that was available, Obviously, uh, Pastor Keith couldn't go with the rest of the visitors, so he ended up coming with us in our car, and we went and saw this lad. And then again, God laid it on our hearts that we needed to own that lad. And God spoke to Pastor Keith the same way. And we didn't, I, I avoided talking to him about it until we were in the car, and then I asked him, why do you think God hid your passport? Like, because I am sure your passport is in your suitcase. And he was like, I don't know. Let's find out. And interestingly enough, the owner of that lad, that Monday morning, had said a prayer to God, praying that he would find someone to buy the lad because he was being auctioned. And the lad was going to be auctioned for a big loss. He is a believer. And so he had made that prayer. And for us, as Missions of Hope, we had been praying because our kids are supposed to be transitioning to a junior secondary school. And there is a requirement by the Ministry of Education that we have to get a separate property and a separate school for these kids to transition to. And so we have been praying and wondering, what are we going to do with over 90 kids that are supposed to transition to junior secondary school? And so God answered prayers that day. And I'm sure he, he has... Well, here's the thing, because I, I didn't... I, like, we haven't been able to talk 
uh, since we left, I had tried to, to text because, so like if you weren't here last week, I, I did not come prepared or I wasn't planning the weekend of, of sharing everything, but man, it's just one of those weird things where God woke me up at 2.30 in the morning and anytime that happens, it's like, ah, oh, here we go. He's going to mess up my message and he did it again. And I, I just came over here, scribbled a few notes and I was wrestling and here's why, and, and, he, and, and so I, I feel like the, the dad of that kid that when Jesus came off the mountain and he said, you know, do, do, you, uh, you know, do you believe that I can heal your son? And, uh, and he said, well, if you can, you know, whatever. And, and, he, and he's like, if I can, he said, do you believe? And the, the dad was like, I believe, help my unbelief. And here's the deal, when I when, when I'd heard that that the land, it was valued at a million dollars and they were gonna give it to you for three hundred some thousand dollars but they needed a hundred thousand dollars in 15 days. I'm like, I, don't, I mean, I knew God was doing something but I didn't know if I should talk about it because I'm gonna be honest, you guys wouldn't know this because you're here but we're, we've been praying about what to do here as a church because we're getting maxed and we've been, we need land. We're launching something called the Grace Center and I, I'm like, I don't know if I should but God said I want you to. And I didn't, we didn't ask for money or anything. I just told the story of losing the passport. I did tell them that I looked pretty good, though. You just sold me out, Mary. But, uh, <laughs> but here, 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 was, here was the thing. We, the, the, the whole point of the message was just to pray one more prayer. And, and so Mary and Wallace, I, I just asked them, I said, what, what's the deal with the land? And they said, well, they said, we by faith paid $20,000 as a down payment on the land before we left just because we're just praying for God to show up. And so they did not know this when they showed up, what I'm getting ready to share. I've never had this happen since I've been a pastor at Grace Bible Church. But I just checked with Jen, our finance director, before the first service. And this week, God sent over $100,000 to pay the down payment for this land. And it was just this thing, man. It's just, I'm going to tell you guys, just as a pastor, I believe what I preach. I do. I believe that God is able. I believe that God is faithful and all that. But I'm going to tell you, just because I'm a pastor does not mean that I don't have seasons where I'm like, God, what are you doing? I pray and I don't see the answer. I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. And I just wonder if I'm praying the right thing. And I'll be honest, man, I've stressed over the future of grace. And when I say it's not on me, I know that, but man, like, I know where we're at. And I just, there are things that sometimes I pray and it just seems overwhelming. But Wallace and Mary, what God did this week was just remind me of the fact that he is able to do far more abundantly than anything that we ask or think. And then like I said last week, if he cares about land in Kenya, he cares about what's taking place in the U.S. If God cares about a school, God cares about what we're, what, what we're facing here. If God cares about saving families there, he cares about saving our families here 
Church, what this is doing, it's not just a, oh, this is amazing, look what God did. This is actually God's down payment on what he's gonna continue to do in your life and in our, in our life. I can't wait to see what God does. So already this morning on the way in, and I, I wish, man, I wish we had more time to share. I mean, what's happening in, in the northwestern part of Kenya, there's a drought there. I mean, for three years, they have not had rain. Like, literally, the, when you send the kids home for a month off of school, it's not just you're hoping they don't forget what they learned. You're hoping that they don't starve. Like, it's, but what God's done through, through Mohi and their team of incredible, dedicated volunteers, I've met so many of them, um, it's just an amazing thing. I wish we could share all the incredible stories. We can't. Now, Wallace and Mary are going to be back at, uh, at the, our missions wall at the end of the service. But... Um, but I, I, I had somebody say something to me this week. They're like, with a, need, with a need this big, I feel like I can't really make a, a big of a difference. What, what difference can my little donation make? And I, I think back to what the, the, the account of, of Jesus hanging out with his disciples and they saw the, the, the widow show up to pay her, her tithe. And when she dropped in, she literally dropped in just a coin. And, and Jesus made the point. He called out this lady and he said, this is, he said, All, you've watched everybody else give. They got, gave out of their abundance. He said, this lady right here, she gave all that she had. And he praised her faith and he praised this. What I found is it's not the amount that makes a difference. It's just the willingness to live by faith and obey what God's calling us to do. And so I, somebody th this morning already said, you know what, what? You know, the earth, the things we can do. Yeah. Here's the deal. How, how many students are unsponsored at Coramdio? Coramdio, we have a little over 257, okay, to be more precise. And then the other school, we, the other model school as well. Yeah. So we have a total of 390 Okay, 390 students. Okay, here's the deal. What I, what I, want, what I want to call our church to do is this. I want, I, want to challenge, I want to challenge us to sponsor a student. Okay? Like, like when I talk about sponsor a student, it's 40 bucks a month. And you're like, that's a lot of money. Listen, you blow through that in a Starbucks in a week. And so, listen, I'm just telling you, 40 bucks. We, uh, Lori and I started to do this. In fact, I think we've got a picture of, of uh, Stephen. We started a few years ago. My kid, our kids joke, Stephen is uh, the fourth uh, kid that we have in our family. And uh, I got to meet Stephen for the first time. He looks very sober there. He's like, who is the white dude that keeps talking to me? <laughs> but I promise you, like when I showed him Cole's picture, he, he grinned really big. So he, that, that's cool. But, but what, what I love about Mohi is that, because I, I I travel around with a music group and I've, I've worked at different organizations and I know that sometimes money doesn't make it over there. All the money doesn't make it over. But what I love is that they, there's $6 out of the 40 that goes to the administrative costs here in the U.S. The rest of 34 goes and, and pays. They, they feed the, the students two, two meals, uh, clothe them, the social workers check in on them, teach health, hygiene, all that sort of thing. Obviously, the, the, you know, this, this helps pay the, the teachers. I, I just want to challenge you to be part of this because what, what I love is something that Wallace and Mary decided years ago. They don't sponsor a kid 100%. And they do that on purpose. 
Because they want the parents to have skin in the game too. Even if they can just give a tiny little bit, they want, every, they want to be able to say to every, every graduate that because of your parents, you are here. Yeah, there, there's a sponsorship, but your parents sacrifice for you to be there. And there's something that's powerful about that. But I feel like we have the opportunity, guys, to, to fill in the gap. And so what we've done at every single exit, as you, as you exit, there's all kinds of cards hanging up. They look something, I brought one up here because we're getting ready to, Cole, you're getting ready to get a new sister. Uh, her name's Precious, so she's uh, joining. This is going to be the, the fifth Wagner kid. But, um, but all, all you got to do is you got to, you, you, you fill this out, and I want you to fill it out here. Don't take it, because if you take it, you'll forget, because you're like me, probably. And, and I want you to, to fill it out. But I want, I want you to be praying about what God would have you do. For some reason, guys, God's allowed us to be part of what's happened in Malo. What, what's happened at Quorum Dio? I, I don't know why, but I just know, I know that he is. And um, I just want to say thank you for your willingness. I want to say thank you for your faith. I want to say thank you for <laughs> coming all the way from Kenya to, to share your story. And I promise you this, God's not done. God's not done. Amen. And so church, we get, to, we get to be part of this. And I just want to say thank you in advance for what you're going to do. But could you do me a favor? Can you thank Wallace and Mary for what they've done and for their ministry? I know, I, I, I appreciate that, and they appreciate, man, your love and your honor. And, and I, I do believe that Wallace and Mary are worthy of honor. But guys, everything that we've shared here today is a God's story. God's story. Man, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But I'm going to tell you what, with faith, God is pleased. He changes us. He rewards, and we get to be part of something that literally is going to ripple through all of eternity. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray over this, and I want you to pray with me that God would just lead you to the right student to sponsor. They got a cool app that you can actually communicate. Like, we, we uh, can communicate back and forth with, with our student through that. It's a great thing to do, but... But here's what I want to do. Wallace and Mary, would you do me a favor? Um, would you, Tony's back there in the back. Could you just walk back there and Tony will take you to the wall? Because if, if I don't do that, people will stop you. You'll never get out of the, the sanctuary. And so, again, thank you so much, Wallace and Mary. But I, I want us to just uh, pray. In fact, I'm going to have you stand one more time. I want us to, to pray. And what we've seen God do and what you've just heard about God doing in Kenya, guys, I'm telling you, the same God work, is going to work in your family. What my family experienced, 47 years we've been praying. And to see my cousin say, man, it, it's unbelievable. God's not done. And church, he's not done here at Grace. 
He's going to change us. He's going to work in us, and he's going to work through us. And I can't wait to see what he has in store. And so, Father, as we leave here today, we just say thank you. Thank you for the incredible privilege of being used by you. Thank you for, being the, for the incredible privilege of, of you choosing us, of you drawing us to yourself, of saving us. And then, God, you've gone about just growing our faith. And, and, and Father, what, what we, you know, when, we, when we step out in faith and and it's not just something we say, but we actually uh, take a step of faith and we see what you do in response and it blows our minds. It just gives us the more faith to, to step out again next time. And God, I know that you're not done. And in this, in, in this crowd, I know that there's so many needs, so many different situations. And God, while we're celebrating and, and, and believing that you have even greater things in store and thanking, thank you, God, for how you provided the need, I believe that what you have in store in the lives of the people here, dear God, is, 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 is gonna be an incredible, testimony. And so God, I pray that you would lead us to the right student to sponsor. Dear God, I'm praying that this would be something that matters, that we would understand that this isn't just putting food in a belly, that that is really important. But God, we get to be part of something that changes a life for eternity. And so God, for what you're going to continue to do in and through Mohi, but God, for what you're going to continue to do in and through these people, we'll thank you for this. And we pray this in the strong name of Christ. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. See you next week.